Hi and welcome to Sci-Fi Fans. Uh, my book Broken Ceasefire is available on Amazon as ebook or paperback. It's a science fiction tale of friendship overcoming adversary. I recommend if you enjoy science fiction and reading then you'll enjoy my book. It's also available on the Kindle Unlimited subscription so if you've got that you can grab yourself a copy for free. This episode is part one of a two-parter series dedicated to the classic film Ghostbusters where three former parapsychologist professors set up a shop as unique ghost removal service. What could go wrong? Ghostbusters was nominated for two Oscars. It was directed by Ivan Rettman, written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. It stars, and this is just a couple of them, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd and Sigourney Weaver. Almost none of the uh, scenes followed the script as it was intended, and they all have at least one ad-lib line in them. Try saying that when you've had a few. <laughs> Incidentally, most of Bill Murray's lines are ad-libbed. Initially, Harold Ramis only wanted to write the film, deciding later to play Dr Egan, Splen Egan Spengler, as he felt he was the best person suited for the role. The character of Winston was meant to be played by Eddie Murphy. However, despite numerous attempts, Eddie Murphy declined the role. So the script was then rewritten to have the character Winston appear later on than intended in the film. The dogs that come to life at the end of the film are based on actual statues from a church in, um, it was an old church in Philadelphia. Director Ivan Retzman is the demonic voice of Dana Zool, while Paddy Edwards provides the voice for Goza. CGI was in its infancy in the early 80s, mid 80s. So the scene where Sigourney Weaver is floating is an actual physical, physical effect. Sigourney Weaver was put into a full body cast and this was attached to a post that was hidden by the curtains. Ray Parker Jr.'s girlfriend and a couple of her friends are the, uh, the people that you can hear in the song Ghostbusters shouting out in the chorus, Ghostbusters, during the um, film's theme. These were the only people that Parker could find quick enough to meet his deadline. Shortly after the film was released, Sigourney Weaver had a fire in her apartment. So once the fire crew had put the fire out, one of them went over to her fridge and opened the door and then proclaimed, well, you better call the Ghostbusters. Ray Parker Jr. was inspired by a commercial for a train company. Um, apparently he was stuck for the lyrics and stuck for a bit of a theme, but this company, this commercial for the uh, train company, gave him the inspiration and basically gave him the idea to come up with the line, who are you going to call? Um, so yeah, that's how we ended up with who you're going to call in, in the song there. The music video for the song Ghostbusters features numerous celebrities who don't actually appear in the film and these include Chubby Chase, Irene Cara and John Candy 
and Melissa Gilbert, just to name a few. It's not unusual for films and TV shows to use the exterior of a totally different building to portray a location. Ghostbusters is no exception and the firehouse, the headquarters of the Ghostbusters, is actually two different firehouses from two different cities. The exterior is based in New York and the interior is was filmed based on one in downtown Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Firehouse has been used in many movies and TV shows such as Hitch and it's in an episode of television, television series Seinfeld. Sigourney Weaver, um, this comes back to the lines being improvised, she improvised the line where she says, you're more like a game show host. In the script, the original line was, you're more like a used car salesperson. The um, prison scene and the jail in which the prison scene was filmed in was rumoured to be haunted. Ivan Retman was concerned about returning there and it did have a vibe and the rest of the crew did feel that there was something odd in that particular jail. So to their relief, they um, actually found out that they had enough footage to complete the scene without ever returning. The um, Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man is absolutely iconic for Ghostbusters and these suits for the Marshmallow Man cost approximately $20,000 each and there were three of them. Unfortunately though they were all destroyed during the filming process and initially the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man was supposed to come out of the water right next to the Statue of Liberty but this scene just proved too difficult for them to shoot <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so for six years, Ghostbusters was the highest grossing comedy of all time. And this was right up until 1990 when Home Alone was released. It is, however, Columbia Pictures' highest grossing film of all time once you adjust for inflation. The film could have been so much different if Michael Keaton hadn't turned down the role of both the um, the characters Dr. Peter Vankman and Dr. Egon Spengler. Released before the internet, the early publicity for the film consisted of the logo with the um, no ghosts that was displayed around around the city. And the um, but as the campaign gained momentum, Ecto One was driven around the streets of Manhattan. Dan Aykroyd wrote the role of uh, Peter Vankman initially for John Bluish. Unfortunately, he died before Dan Aykroyd could finish the script. Kimberly Heron, who plays the ghost that hovers over Bill Murray and is, um, I think it's credited, she's credited as Dream Girl, had to have a mould made of her body for the... Um, in order for the fittings for the suspension rig that allowed her to float now if you wonder why Egon never smiles in Ghostbusters this is because Harold Ramis made a conscious decision to never smile as Egon Bill Murray took a, um, a lengthy break from acting after Ghostbusters and he moved to Paris 
considering his future and at one point he was almost set to quit acting altogether. The college scenes, and these are at the uh, near the beginning of the film, are all filmed at Columbia University, including the fictional Weaver Hall office lab interiors. Columbia University gave their consent for the school to be used, provided the um, they never actually say the name of the school on screen. To create the montage scenes of the Ghostbusters running and driving the automobile around New York, these were done on the first day of filming and largely without an actual permit. <laughs> a little bit of dodgy dealing there. Save a bit of cash, why don't you? The um, special effects where the catalogue drawers open and the cards fly out, and this is in the library near the beginning of the film. They did this by having people stand behind the drawers and they would be pushing the doors open and the cards were blown out via copper piping. Sigourney Weaver has um, commented that kids would actually come up to her after the film and um, after it had been shown and they would ask her if she really did turn into a dog. Before Ghostbusters, Sigourney Weaver was known for more serious films like Alien <laughs> I'm going to mention Alien because I am a massive Alien fan, and um, Half Moon Street, despite doing a lot of comedy training at Yale Drama School. So she took on the role of Ghostbusters to show her fun side. Sigourney Weaver has since made classic spoof films such as Galaxy Quest and, more recently, Paul. The Ectomobile was originally going to be painted black until it was pointed out that most of the driving and most of the scenes of them with it would be filmed at night. So therefore the car would have been very difficult to have seen on screen. As soon as he saw the pole in the firehouse when they were looking for locations, Dan Aykroyd said they had to use it for the film. Though we never referred to in the script, the, the green ghosts that the guys bust within the hotel was originally called Onion Head and he had this name because the um, he was supposed to have had a horrid smell around him however we all know him now as Slimer and that was due to the cartoon series called The Real Ghostbusters. Tom Hanks and Robin Williams were considered for the role of Dr Peter Venkman. The rooftop set for the uh, final confrontation between Gozar and the, um, the Ghostbusters was on an entire sound stage and Columbia Pictures had to shut down other sound stages while they were filming this particular scene because of the amount of energy that it used to put the lights on. Basically, it required 50,000 amps of electricity to make sure that the set was lit up properly. And that's where I'm going to bring an end to this episode. Thank you very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Don't forget this is part one and part two will be out next week. If you've enjoyed yourself here, then please do leave a comment on the uh, whatever platform you're listening to me on. I do the podcast every Monday. I've also got a YouTube channel, Sci-Fi Fans, and I'm on TikTok under Sci-Fi Fans as well. And I'd really appreciate if you join me on those other platforms too. 
Thank you very much for taking time out of your day and, and listening to what I have to say about Ghostbusters. I've really appreciated it. And uh, please come back next week for part two. Cheers.